Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Van Maren Show on LifeSiteNews.com. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and today I'm going to be having an extremely important discussion uh, with my friend Arnold Viersen, who's the member of Canadian Parliament for Peace River Westlock in Alberta. He's been one of the foremost advocates against pornography, against sexual abuse, and against human trafficking in the House of Commons. He's been doing phenomenal work on this issue now for several years, and he has a new piece of legislation that's aimed at protecting the victims of sexual abuse uh, in the in the porn industry specifically that I think deserves a lot of attention. And so I, I wanted to have a conversation with him, talk about the work that he's been doing, talk about the encouraging news that this has become a really bipartisan issue, and to draw your attention to what's going on inside the porn industry. Many of you may not know that the world's largest porn monopoly is MindGeek, based out of Montreal in Quebec, Canada. And so this is an issue I think that it affects Canadians intimately, not only because of rates of porn use, but also because one of the world's foremost purveyors of sexual violence online is actually based uh, right here in Canada. So a member of Parliament, Arnold Viersen, was kind enough to lend us a bit of his time to discuss his work, to discuss what Pornhub does, and to discuss why legislation targeting this is so important. This is that conversation. just to start off, uh, maybe explain to the listeners how you first started to get interested in the issue of, of digital porn use and why you felt as a parliamentarian that um, like government action was necessary on this issue. Well, that's a long story. Uh, I'm not sure how much time you got here today, Jonathan, but uh, I got elected back in 2015 and I had a, um, a brand new daughter back in 2012 and I just remember driving to work. Um, I was auto mechanic back then, and I uh, driving to work and listening to the story of Retea Parsons. Now I don't know if you're familiar with Retea Parsons, but she was a uh, she was 14 years old, um, went to a party, and was was raped by multiple boys at the party. And they videotaped the entire episode and posted it up on their Facebook pages as like some like, hey, look what we did. Uh, now. I am. Uh, I have videotaped my four four by fouring adventures and posted them up on my Facebook page, and have been proud of the places I've gone with my my Jeep. Um, but I remember thinking to myself, like, what's going through these guys' heads that they would rape a girl at a party and post the videos on Facebook as if they're bragging about it? Um, subsequently, Ratea committed suicide, uh, which is tragic. And so I just remember just being devastated by that story. Then when I got elected in 2015, I was chosen number 37 out of 330 members of parliament to be able to put forward a private member's bill. And I had a whole host of ideas. Um, and one of them was just this, this whole like um, Rotea Parsons issue and how, how do we deal with that? And so just researching that um, came to the realization that this the entire storyline that the, was portrayed in the videos that these boys put up was a typical um, porn genre storyline, and that th they were just acting out what they probably watched endlessly. So, um, just the stats on porn use in Canada is that eighty five percent of 
uh, 15 to 35 year old males are, are viewing pornography on a weekly basis. And so, um, it's no su- surprise, I guess, then is that they think if they think this is totally normal, this is something that that happens all the time that um, you would post the post these videos on your own Facebook pages like, hey, look what we did. Um, and so that's that's kind of the motivation um, for this. And then that led to a motion that I put on the order paper back in 2017 to do a study on the impacts of pornography on Canadian society. Uh, M47, motion 47 was what that was called. Uh, and that's kind of how I led, led me to, into this whole um, combating online sexual abuse. So on M47, one of the really exceptional things about that motion is that it actually passed unanimously with support from the conservatives, the NDP, the liberals. Um, and I remember like thinking that that was an extraordinary step in the right direction, especially because even Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who you as a conservative and me just as a person think gets you know most things wrong, had said during the campaign at, at some point that he thought porn was probably a contributor uh, to sexual violence in some way. But I remember uh, like following this very closely and that m47 had all these amazing witnesses come forward women's advocates uh battered women's shelters talking about how pornography was a contributor to sexual violence but then if i'm not mistaken there was some weird things that happened at committee where a lot of that evidence got left out it was exempted from the final report what happened there again well the the specific part of it was they the liberals passed a motion that would deem all of the witnesses that did not have peer-reviewed journal articles to their name, um, their witness testimony would be uh, invalid. Um, not in, not invalid, it's still all on the record. You can still go view it today. Um, but it was not, it never made it into the report, which essentially took out about 90, 90% of the witnesses that we'd heard from. Um, most, most of them were um, women's activist groups or or victims um, who, who have been um, victimized by uh, online sexual abuse, uh, their their testimony was not um, did not make it into the final report, uh, and so that was significantly frustrating at the time. Um, but it it did open up it did start the conversation here in Canada um, around just like it was the first time since 1985, um, which was before I was born that uh, parliament had grappled with the idea of like, what is, what is the impacts of, of pornography in Canada? Um, so that was a good start, but the, yeah, the, that was an interesting move by the liberals. It isn't the case in any other um, committee study that I've participated in. In in many cases, we hear from just individual Canadians who have no letters behind their names, um, who have a lived experience or are from a particular part of the world. Um, they come, uh, they're not, they don't come with a particular expertise. They come as a Canadian citizen and give their perspective on a, a whole host of issues. Right. And, and if they make a recommendation, that recommendation will end up in the report. Um, uh, particularly if it's a recommendation that subsequent witnesses approve or like supported or push as well. Um, so that was extremely interesting development at the, at M47. But uh, nonetheless, I was happy to see that the, the initial motion passed unanimously through the House of Commons. That was uh, kind of unprecedented, I think. And, 
and and you've built this real coalition over the last few years, which has been one of the few encouraging developments in Canadian politics, is to see people all kind of getting behind this idea that we need to combat, uh, you know, sexual violence online, digital victimization. I, I wrote an article actually on your relationship with a liberal senator from Montreal for Convivia magazine and how she disagrees with you on, on abortion. She disagrees with you on a whole range of social issues, but on on the issues of, of sexual abuse, human trafficking, pornography, she's, she's right there with you and had a lot of really complimentary uh, things to say, which is, is, is I think, significant in, in the current political climate for, for a social conservative to be to be complimented by a, a feminist former media member and, and, and a liberal senator, which I thought was uh, was just really, really encouraging because this is something we should be able to agree on. So kind of tracing the path from that report uh, that came out after M47 to the legislation that we're going to be talking about, what sort of coalition building and work on this issue have you done in the interim? Because I know this has just been one of the files that, that your office has been working on very consistently. Yeah, so we we developed a quite a network of people around M47 uh, across the country, thousands of people um, kind of joined the movement and pushed M47 um, groups from all kinds of walks of life uh, and, and individuals. And after M47 and the report came and th- th- that was done, it kind of had done its course. Um, we were like, well, we've, we've made all these great connections. We've got all these new friends from across the country. Uh, how do we push, what do we push on next? And so we, we actually just went back to them and said, Hey, like, where's an issue that we got to, what do we have to push on? What's something that we can work with? And we got a host of ideas back, but one of the big issues that all of them seem to be having in common was combating human trafficking. Um, and so we, we definitely moved in that direction because it seemed to be something that not only could I get that entire group on board with, but also um, there, there was kind of a consensus around the house of commons as well as that human trafficking is something that needed to be worked on. Um, and also it didn't have a partisan flavor to it. Like it was something that each party was, was able to work on. And so I worked together, um, with a number of MPs and we built the all party group, uh, to end human trafficking and modern day slavery. We, this group is based on the group by the same name from the UK, from the United Kingdom, our mother parliament, so to speak. Uh, so we used a lot of the ideas from there and we built an all-party group. There's four co-chairs. Um, the f- initial one, uh, we, it was uh, the first in the first parliament that I was selected in. In the last parliament, we had a liberal co-chair in Robert Falcon Ouellette from Winnipeg Center. We had a block, or not a block, a NDP co-chair in uh, Christine Moore. And we had an uh, uh, independent senator from the Senate, uh, Chris. Uh, Tom, no, not Thomas, Dan, Dan Christmas was independent senator. And the four of us kind of built that organization and, uh, and it became the all party group. And we were, we were able to successful in getting, um, I think we had almost 70 other uh, members of parliament and senators join that group. And so that was something that brought us all together. Then in this parliament, uh, Christine Moore and Robert Falcon uh never got reelected. Christine Moore never reoffered, and and uh, Robert Falcon lost to the NDP, and so we had to go recruit some new. Uh, oh, and Senator Christmas, his wife passed away actually, so he had um, just more domestic responsibilities, so he stepped aside as well. So we needed a new slate of co-chairs, and we were able to recruit 
uh, Senator Maville Deshane, Julie Maville Deshane, uh, an independent senator from Montreal. Uh, and then we got uh, John McKay from the Liberals and uh, Andrianne Laroche from the from the Bloc. And those are our current our current co-chairs. And so it's been it's been fascinating to to work with them. Now, human trafficking is is a broad issue, and uh, it's it's touches on labor trafficking. So we've been working on John McKay really brings the like more international focus on supply chains and how does labor trafficking come into that. You might have heard about the shrimp boats that uh, Costco was buying shrimp from these boats that were enslaving twelve year old boys. Um, so that's kind of his his angle on it. Uh, and then uh, early on in this parliament, then we had uh, Layla Mekowick is a uh, an American that worked together and really brought the focus in on this uh, travesty we call Pornhub here in Canada. So there's a large, the largest porn company in the world is MindGeek based in Montreal. And they own a website called Pornhub. And uh, th- this kind of just became a, an international phenomenon. And they, they organized a protest outside the MindGeek headquarters. And I, I just mentioned this to our co-chairs that this was happening. And I was unable to make it to that protest, so I, I, although I wanted to go. And so I asked uh, Senator Maville Deshane, who lives in Montreal, if she would be interested in going there because I couldn't make it. And so she went there. And that really like, like the fire caught, so to speak, and turned her into a very much an anti-porn advocate. And, uh, and so she's introduced a bill in the Senate um, just around preventing children from getting access. Um, but that was, yeah. And so this, this whole group that we've built together, which is like multi-party, um, has really helped to bring, bring together quite different um yeah like senator maville deshane and i probably don't agree on much but we do agree uh like canada shouldn't be the the headquarters of the largest porn company in the world and definitely not when it's uh as layla calls it the trafficking hub of the world um putting on child pornography on their website having non-consensual images on their website all of this is uh so so it's been it's been neat to see bring people from the human trafficking something that we're totally united on to a little more contentious issue this um, dealing with pornography here in Canada. So one of the the interesting things you mentioned, uh, Lila uh, Mickaway, and, and and there was a, a oh, I think it was a, in the fall when the New York Times covered uh, the Pornhub. They actually had a a full spread on on Pornhub and the non consensual images on Pornhub, uh, the rapes that were essentially being aired on this website and being watched by millions. Uh, they interviewed a whole bunch of the victims, and and this really set off. Um, a discussion at, at the federal level here in Canada, because I remember that the 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 author of, of the New York Times piece actually directly tweeted at Justin Trudeau and other members of, of the government. And it wasn't very long. It's, it's, it's always interesting the amount of, 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 of clout the New York Times has here in Canada. It really shows you that there's some legacy media organizations that can't be beaten for, for their, their pull. Um, and they started talking about actually addressing this and taking a look at Pornhub. Pornhub responded by deleting millions Millions and millions of, of videos overnight, clearly recognizing that legislation might be coming their way. And I know Trudeau's liberals did say that they were going to do something about this in the wake of the Pornhub expose on New York Times. What happened to that? 
Well, I'll back you up a little bit. Um, the all party group uh, there through that, I developed a few relationships. And so six of us back, not under the auspices of the all party group, but just as members of parliament and senators, we wrote to the prime minister just outlining, hey, this is the content that's up on Pornhub's website. It seems like it's illegal content. What are you doing about that? We wrote that back in March. Uh, and then in November, um, we wrote a similar letter to the justice minister uh, with over 20 members of parliament and senators assigned it, again, outlining like, hey, this this is a Canadian company. This is content that's illegal. Um, these are underage or, or videos of rape. Um, certainly we should be doing something about it. And that, again, those letters kind of went unanswered. Uh, and then that second letter seemed to inspire the, like, I think he was working on it for a while, but that was kind of the spark that got the article out. Um, so it was December 4th. It was a New York times article called the children of Pornhub. And that really shifted the sands in terms of this being a topic to be talked about led to an ethics committee starting a uh, study on um, what Pornhub was up to. The Pornhub executives were demanded to show up at the ethics committee. We heard from uh, several victims who said that they were um, 14 years old and they'd never consented to these images being anywhere um, and how Pornhub has a download button that um, once that video was up, then they had to spend the next years of their life trying to get that video down. And every time they got it down, somebody else would just upload it again. Um, they had to fake being their mom or fake being their, their own lawyer. And so we heard from, we also heard from a lawyer that's representing over 50 victims of, of Pornhub who, who talked about the fact that uh, Pornhub, if you want to serve them with a, a lawsuit, you have to go to Cyprus in order to do that even though they're headquartered in Montreal. Um, so they're a murky organization uh, that that doesn't seem to be overly proud of what they're up to, but nonetheless is making millions of dollars uh, every year profiting off of the exploitation of women and children. When that story broke, Visa and MasterCard both did an investigation into their relationship with MindGeek. And within three days, they said, yeah, there's definitely illegal content on this. Uh, platform and removed their, or ended their relationship with MindGeek. Uh, that in turn spurred on MindGeek to remove 10 million videos, over 80% of their content, um, because it had not been verified for age or consent of the folks that were in there. And so that's uh, that just speaks to, I guess, the the level of 10, 10 million videos. That's like an incomprehensible amount of, of video, but that tells you the the scope of the of the issue, and they and they they brag about being the largest porn company in the world, um, which um, if if that's the case, I guess there's been a dramatic reduction in the in the on online porn world for sure. And so, what did the government do once people started to take action without them? Visa, Mastercard. Uh, what was the Fed's response to that? So, at this point, we're still waiting. Um, the government said that. Uh, Minister Gilbo said that he was going to introduce. So that was December 4th was the article. Um, the, the government was scrambling to come up with a solution for this. And so they've said that in January, so December 4th is the article. They said coming in January, we'll introduce a, a bill on internet harms. And so that that's, we've been waiting for that ever since. Um, they have not 
introduced that bill yet. Um, Minister Gilbo is also in charge of Bill C-10, um, and he's got his hands full with that one, given that's a, like a major uh, impact on freedom of speech here in Canada. And so because of that, he has not introduced his the Internet Harms Bill. They have signaled a little bit in which direction they want to go. They've, they've said that they're going to bring in a bill that would require takedown within 24 hours. I don't think that that's good enough. Um, the, many of these videos have hundreds of thousands of views within 24 hours. And in the case of Pornhub, they had a download button. Um, so even if you leave it up there for 24 hours, that could be downloaded thousands of times. You demand a takedown of that particular video. It will only be a short matter of time before the video is back up again under uh, under a new person who down who's downloaded it before and now is bringing it back. Um, so that's that's the other that that's another reality. So um, that's not good enough. A 24-hour takedown is not good enough. But we still haven't even seen the bill um, that the government because they haven't brought anything forward. And they said in January, and here we are in June and still no bill. Is there any reason uh, that the liberals have been so reluctant to address this issue prior? Because I remember when, uh, when all that testimony got struck from M47, for example, which as you pointed out, is, is a really weird move to make, especially considering the fact that this government boasts about being a feminist government. I read through most of the testimony when it was posted online. This was really powerful stuff. Uh, victim testimony is always essential. Uh, if, if we're talking about crimes being perpetrated, and only PhDs or people with peer-reviewed studies can talk about it. You're writing off those who have been actually impacted by the crimes themselves, which makes no sense. So that was a really weird move. And then the fact that it, it, it took you know an American columnist, Nicholas Kristof, to actually sort of push them into announcing they would do anything about it. And then the fact that the bill that they've put forward, or the bill, sorry, that they've mentioned, the direction they're going in, seems to be wildly inadequate. Especially again, this is something that 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 a large group of people can agree on, right? I interviewed the senator you referred to myself she's 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 just ready to take on Pornhub she says this is just a vile vile organization so why why have the liberals been so reluctant to actually live up to their own credentials and to follow the lead of some very very uh, prominent voices in in their own oh I know she's an independent senator now but um, in their own party so to speak this isn't this isn't like a, a conservative MP from Alberta playing gotcha with the government this is something that unites people from every Every, every single walk of life from all the different parties. Uh, and so I, I'm actually a little bit confused as to why it is that they seem so reluctant to actually go after Pornhub and pass meaningful legislation. Not sure, Jonathan. Um, that's like, uh, I, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. Like why the liberals continue to bulk at this, like in addition um the why why they said they were going to bring it in, out in January. We still haven't seen that legislation. Um, they they could have tabled at the same time they tabled C10. Um, it could have been part of C10. All of this kind of stuff. We haven't. Um, I haven't seen anything about that. Uh, I I don't rightly know. Um, the what is interesting is that there is now a story. Um, the Business Insider from. Um, the United States has ran a story now that uh, one of the former executives of the Liberal Party is in talks to buy Pornhub. 
Um, so maybe there's an investor angle on this. I don't, pre- I don't quite understand it. Um, but uh, I guess if you just go maybe back up larger and and um, Charlie Angus from the NDP has been pretty bullish on this as well. Like really, <laughs> I was defending him on tw- on Twitter the other day, and uh, I never thought that that would ever happen. That Charlie Angus and I would be on the same side of the war, um, but uh, there is there is, I guess, to some degree, just a reality that uh, the vast majority of the Canadian population is familiar with Pornhub, using Pornhub, um, embarrassed about it. Who knows what the case is, right? And and it's like the there's like the um, re- that's a reality, right? When we know the percentages of Canadians using porn on a weekly basis is high. Um, and there's maybe just an unwillingness to want to talk about that. Right. In short, there's probably plenty of people in Ottawa that are using the service and therefore find it an inconvenient subject to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting, like during the ethics committee hearings, there was these posters, um, going up around Ottawa um, with like a, a clear message from Pornhub, like, like in all, all the sidewalks that we had to walk on here, basically um, giving us the middle finger, right? Like it was, it was interesting. It's a, we are Pornhub and it, uh, with a, with a raised middle finger. So it was interesting. The um, like, basically like you guys can't touch us. That's kind of the, this, the message that they were sending. So it was, I, I, who knows who knows what's all what's all engaged in it yeah i guess the other thing maybe is like who i don't know what kind of entrenchment pornhub has in the liberal party right like the um the montreal quebec entrenchment in the liberal party um what what the connections are there i don't necessarily know right and so that may may lead into it as well but that's yeah that's all like a lot of speculation and, and really heavy stuff that I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy for the folks that I do. Uh, John McKay from the liberal party is hundred percent with me on this. And then uh, from the other parties, I seem to get reasonably good support on, on this as well. Like, like I said, Charlie Angus is, is happy to. Yeah. Watching Charlie Angus go after the uh, mind geek executives there uh, during the committee hearings was, was uh, made for some pretty delicious viewing for those of us who think Pornhub is, is an evil organization. He was clearly to having none of their excuses with during that discussion for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That brings us then to uh, the legislation you've just put forward. Um, so this and this is the next step in this in this entire process. So maybe kind of lay out what the legislation is, what you hope um, it will do, and how much support you think you're going to get for it. Yeah. Well, before we go to that, uh, John, I just wanted to plug Senator Mill Deshane's bill S S two o three, which would prevent, uh, which would like raise the level to ensure that porn doesn't end up in the hands of children. Um, so the, there currently is laws in the books that um, saying it's illegal to distribute porn to children. Uh, those laws worked well when you had to go to the gas station or something like that and, and to purchase or go to the movie video store or something like that to purchase it. But today on the Internet, the, the law is just purely not being enforced. So she's got a bill, um, Bill S203, that would help to address some of that. Uh, I have recently introduced a bill. 
that it's called S or it's called C three Oh two. I don't, it's uh, the Lord works in mysterious ways, but uh, so we got two Oh three and three Oh two. And my, my bill would be the other side of the screen essentially to ensure that children aren't ending up on your screen. So one side is to prevent children from viewing the material. The other side is um, ensuring that uh, children don't end up on the, on the, on the screen. So my bill would require uh, production companies of porn and also distributors of porn to ensure that they have a document verifying both the age of the individual depicted in the film and their, their consent um, to be depicted and also distributed. Uh, so that adds two sections to the criminal code. Um, one of the creation of pornographic material for a commercial purpose uh, without verifying age or consent. And the second one is to the distribution of pornographic material for a commercial purpose without verifying the age of consent or where consent has been revoked. Um, so those are, that's the crux of the bill. Um, currently, one of the challenges that the police have in enforcing uh, the child pornography laws, for example, is that uh, it, they have to prove that the individual is underage. And that can be somewhat difficult. It's relatively easy when the child is three, four, five, a lot more difficult when they're 13, 14, 15. And so this would reverse that to just say like, uh, all right, company, where's the documentation proving that this individual in this video is of age or has given consent? It doesn't, it doesn't, it's already outlawed to post a video of an intimate image without the consent of the person. It's already outlawed to post an image of an underage person. Um, but this would just then be a, be a fine for not having documentation proving the age or the consent. So even in the cases of a person who is of age and has given their consent, if they don't have documentation proving that, the, this part of the criminal code would would catch them. Um, so it's, and it, it allows outlines penalties similar to the failure to report child pornography. Um, so, it's a th and, it, and it's differentiates between organizations and individuals. So if an individual is posting this, um, they can be fined. And if an organization is hosting or distributing this, they also can be fined. And there's very, it's a basically a one, two, three, first time offense, second time offense, and third time. Uh, up to $250,000 in damages. And also, and that could be, and that's per video, right? So that could end up being a large amount of money. So this seems like a wildly uncontroversial piece of legislation. I can't imagine anybody from, from either side of the aisle, like hearing that and saying, no, we, we shouldn't require this. So what are the chances of this actually getting passed with government support? Well, I'm I'm hoping that because the government hasn't introduced their uh, internet harms bill, I'm hoping that they just rip off the idea and put it in their internet harms bill, and then they can push it, and all the resources of government can go behind it, and all this kind of stuff. That's the hope. Um, would really appreciate if the I have reached out to the minister to have a sit down meeting with him and outline this is our dream. Um, we were pushing happy to happy to have put that in the bill even before i had to introduce it um i have not had the meetings have not really been responded to at all and so this is the the next best way to communicate to them um it also ha helps that then the drafting the legislative drafters already 
had to process this. So we've because we've put it on the order paper, it's about a year, it's taken us about a year to get to this point, I suppose. And and just going back and forth with the concept with the legislative drafters. And so um, hope, hopefully that as well, when they go to draft the internet harms bill that the government's going to bring forward, the drafters will already be like kind of versed in in this area of law so that when they draft whatever the government brings forward, these concepts they've grappled with and, and understand what we're trying to achieve with it. I guess the final question would be uh, for those who are listening who are Canadian, what what can they do to, to raise awareness and to help this thing actually um, make it into a government bill or get passed itself? Well, um, one of the most tangible ways uh, to, to get involved is to sign a petition. Um, so you can download a petition on my website, uh, print it off, get it signed by you and a few friends and send it off to my office. For every 25 names that uh, I get on a petition, uh, it gives me it gives me a 30 seconds or so in the House of Commons to just speak about the issue. That so that every day I can, if I have 25 names, I can stand up again and and push the issue a little bit. So that's probably the most tangible, like 25 names, 30 seconds kind of thing. Um, other, after that, uh, there's a host of organizations across the country to get involved with, uh, Defend Dignity, ARPA, all of these kinds of groups um, that that really push this issue. Um, please support them and get involved with them. Um, and then also just bring it home to your, your own church community or your own home. Um, quit looking at porn. That's the, uh, that's the message to sell everywhere we go. Um, the the consumption of porn is leading to uh, the enslavement and uh, yeah, of, of many young people in this country. And so we want to ensure that um, don't clink, click or think before you click essentially like that's uh, that's a reality. Um, and so, yeah, get involved with your own church community of raising awareness around this um, bring, bring it home. So it's, it's, it's the entire Entire Canadian culture is what we need to work on. Um, that, from our laws down to our uh, kitchens. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to explain all of this and for all of your work on this issue. Jonathan, it's always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, this was my conversation with Member of Parliament Arnold Viersen on the work that he's doing in the Canadian House of Commons to combat the porn industry and to help protect victims from online violence and violence in real life being put online. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this show. You can go to the LifeSiteNews.com podcast tab and subscribe there. Our podcast airs wherever you get your content. Again, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we do hope you'll join us again next week.